and welcome to KeeperCast, the Keeper of the Lost Cities podcast. I'm Sammy. And I'm Clani. And this is episode 38, in which we'll be reading Lodestar chapters 71 through 83. Yep, in my case, we'll literally be reading because I forgot to do it beforehand. So I'm just going to be kind of going along with it. Thankfully, I have my book with me. Yeah, that's totally fine. It has, um, it has been a week for everybody. Uh, yeah. To begin, we're going to talk about some updates from Shannon Messenger's Instagram. So um, this week we got two new quotes posted from Unlocked, so that's really exciting. The first quote that was posted says, it's a quote, like, it's something that a character says, and it says, wow, you're really scared. I'm not even an empath, and I can feel it. I don't really know what to make of this one. I want to know who that is so bad. Yeah, like, I mean, obviously, like, obviously it's not any of the empaths, we can rule that out. Like, who's saying it? Who's saying it and who's saying it to who? Ah! Right, like, I have no idea who's talking. Like, I'm scrolling through the comments right now and I'm seeing, like, somebody thinks it's Roe, somebody thinks it's Fitz, um, or Biana. So, I don't know, I think... There's no consensus over who's saying this. Yeah. And there was a second one that came today, right? Yes. So there is, um, yeah, this one was posted six hours ago. And the second quote says, Your stubbornness has gotten much stronger since you first arrived in our world, Lord Cassius noted. And like, yeah, he's, he's right. <laughs> And this implies that Sophie is doing something to get on his nerves, and I am always down, down with getting on Lord Cassius's nerves. That's true, yes. I am um, very excited to see that. Alright, so, yeah, those were the two quotes. Um, that was pretty quick. And I'm just, like, I'm just staring at her Instagram page right now, at Chandler's Instagram, and seeing that giant um, post that says, two weeks, unlocked, and I'm just like, oh my god. It's coming out in two weeks. I feel like I've been waiting because 2020 has been such a strange year that it feels like Legacy came out like seven years ago. That's so true. It's like, I don't know, 2020 has simultaneously gone super fast and then like not existed at all. Like, I feel like when Legacy came out, I was a different person. Like, it was an eternity ago. It feels like it's been out for forever, but it also feels like the day it came out was yesterday. <laughs> it's It's been a weird year, unlike in all areas of life. Time is just weird. <laughs> Alright, shall we start talking about the Lodestar section? No kidding. <laughs> we finished the book, or in your case, are currently finishing the book. And yeah, I guess we'll just start from the beginning. We shall. So starting at chapter 71, um, this happens right after the Keepers have um, gone through the Lodestar Mirror and then, like, it was a whole showdown between them and the Never Scene, and then they ended up inflicting on um, Roy and Brant and then taking them both hostage. This section starts with one of my favorite quotes because Sylvanie comes and rescues Sophie and her friends, and Sophie's trying to explain all this to her. And then Sylvanie just says, bad people? Sophie says, the worst. And then she says, bite them? 
I love that. I love so many so much. <laughs> it's like, yes, that is, you know that meme that's like the tall book next to the short book? Yeah. <laughs> it's like Keeper of the Lost Cities versus Keeper of the Lost Cities if Sylvanie could just start biting people. I feel like they should just let Sylvanie start biting people. I mean, that might have been a problem like when, when they first found her because she didn't like anyone. They should. Just let her let her go wild. Just like six Sylvanie on the never scene. Problem solved. Yes. Literally. Or like Sylvanie and Greyfell. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think Sylvanie should be given free reign to bite whoever she wants. Yes. Give Sylvanie never seen biting privileges and also possibly like Lord Cassius. Yes. Would love to see Lord Cassius get bitten and the song parents. Alright, so unfortunately Sylvanie does not get to bite Roy and Brandt. However, they return to Foxfire um, with Roy and Brandt as prisoners. And that is kind of the end of that chapter. Um, There is one other tiny thing, though, that I noticed. And for some reason, it just made me feel really soft. Um, But there was this part where Granite... Where Sophie was like, oh, Wiley's in danger because Keith now has the um the leaping crystal to Illuvatar. And and then Granite said, I have to go immediately. Like, I have to take care of my son. And that just made me so soft. Like, I get that like he, he called Wiley his son. And yes, he has a son, but like it's just nice to hear it. I know. Every time Tyrion calls Wiley his son. I, like, gained tw- 10 years on my life. So moving on, we learn that Dex has shared um, the, like, the secret to the Lodestar code with the council. So they went and raided all the never-seen hideouts, um, but they've all been abandoned or destroyed, so that kind of sadly didn't go anywhere. However, um, Dex does a cool thing after this. He does a cool thing to Keith's imparter, um, where Sophie enhances him and he figures out how to open like a private hail to Lady Gisela. And we get to speak with Lady Gisela, and she sure has some things to say. Oh boy. Oh boy. Sylvanie should get to bite her as well, I think. Yeah, I mean, she was put- she's part of the never seen, sort of? Is she still? I'm so confused about, like, who is and isn't part of the Never Seen anymore. Honestly, yeah. Like, she was part of the Never Seen in, like, Everblaze, but I'm not sure if she's still with them at this point. Yeah, or did she, like, take the Never Seen back over from Fenton? I I never have any idea what's happening in the books. <laughs> yeah, me neither. We're on the same page here. A, literally. <laughs> God, that was... That was bad. <laughs> I can't not make puns when I get the opportunity. Anyway. Oh, this is actually kind of relevant to what we were talking about just now, because in my notes it says um, that Giselle is talking about her vision, which seems to be different than Fenton's. And she's saying that like she doesn't fully agree with what the Never Scene is doing anymore. And she tells Sophie that Keith has to get out of the Never Seen, quote, before it all comes crashing down, which, you know, ends up being much more literal than it seems to be at the time. Mm-hmm. Ugh. 
this conversation with Gisela, I found it interesting because it's kind of the first or one of the first times where we see that like you can have multiple groups of evil people if that makes sense like not everyone who's evil is necessarily affiliated with the never scene yeah Mm -hmm. and you can have like you two people can have completely different ideals and both still be awful right exactly like Fintan wants to do his thing with the human sanctuary and then Gisela wants to do her thing with whatever the heck she's been doing with Keith, And, like, those things are both awful, but yet at the same time, they don't agree with each other. Right. All right, so moving on, this is where we finally get to the Peace Summit, which has been, like, teased for several, several pages. The Peace Summit is this, essentially, it's like a giant convention, I guess, that Sophie and Edeline end up going to where all of the leaders of the different species are um they're all represented and they're there to discuss what are they even there to discuss i'm sorry i read this like two days ago but i can't remember i don't know i think it's sort of the whole like never seen situation yeah i think the never seen situation is definitely a part of it i think it also has to do with like um with brielle's death and the fallout of that yeah, and with the and the questionable decision Sophie made about reading the Ogre King's mind in book three. Oh yes. Oh god. Right. Like, Forgot that happened. That Oh Sophie. That is like straight up the dumbest thing she's done in all of the books. I think you're right. What were you doing? Like, you're a smart kid. You know better than this. Like, she's made a lot of poor decisions over the course of the books but i think that one has to be number one keeper of the lost cities also known as a bunch of children make bad decisions and a bunch of adults also make bad decisions yeah no one here makes good decisions the decision making is not the all strong point yeah so the peace summit is they're gonna discuss the never seen i guess and the ogres and this is a thing where they're basically all put together in one castle to debate until they come to a resolution and apparently this can take several months god can you imagine being like locked in your rooms except for like meals and debates for months on end i know that sounds absolutely terrible like i would never want to be a counselor yeah that sounds like a really fancy prison (laughs) right because like yeah, because like you said, they're also like locked in their room, so they can't even go and like explore or do anything. It's basically a bunch of people are being thrown into a castle, and I was going to say being told to play nice, but like they're all the authorities, so telling themselves to play nice. At least from what we saw of the Peace Summit in Lodestar, it's like this weird, there's this weird energy in the castle where they're all being like super polite to each other, but you can also just tell that they really dislike each other. Yeah, that that's very much there. You know, about the Peace Summit, like, I also have, I think we've talked about this before, um, but, like, I wasn't super thrilled with the whole wardrobe situation where basically, like, Sophie was forced to, like, get all of these dresses and, like, only wear these super fancy dresses wherever she goes. It's just, like... Yeah. Like, I get that it's a formal thing, but just no. 
at least have a few suit options. If you have to do fancy, just clothes don't have gender. Go wild. So yeah, the Peace Summit progresses. Things are generally going pretty well. We get a lot of like information about the other species and like little bits and pieces. So we learn that like trolls age backwards. I really love the way they describe uh, Empress Perneal as a cross between a sloth, a potbelly pig, and a small child. <laughs> like, I'm trying to fit that together in my mind, and it just isn't working. I literally can't picture that. Like, I need to know what part of the sloth, what part of the pig, and what part of the child. No, the whole idea of, like, trolls aging backwards, it's <laughs> it's hard to wrap my head around. Yeah. Right? Like, like even in flashbacks, Back. I think this happened in flashback where they were like the baby trolls are the most powerful because they're like physically the oldest or something like that. Yeah, it's just so confusing. Like, yeah. <laughs> how does it work? I do not know. What would be like the evolutionary point of that? I. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I guess there is a benefit to like being able to do what happened in flashback where like the trolls hatch and then immediately they're just like able to fight yeah i suppose but like they haven't had any training so they wouldn't really be they wouldn't really be able to take sides because they don't know anything because they're literally babies right so you'd basically just be like unleashing them and being like go in that general direction yeah yeah i don't I don't know why the aging backwards thing is, like, helpful to them. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be, like, overanalyzing the, uh, the, like, I'm looking for a word I used. The evolutionary, uh, I know I, I know I have this word, like, in my brain, but it's just not coming to me. I, I know what you're talking about. I can't think of the word, though. Oh my god. Um, the evolutionary, like, thing of a species in a children's series, but here we are. Yeah. I mean, what is this podcast if not for just overanalyzing tiny bits of this children's series? Yeah, you know what? I spent, I spent too much of my time doing this anyways. I might as well let the world hear it. <laughs> yeah, so we get to meet the leaders of all these different species. There's, like, Empress Perneal and King Anki, and I'm sure, like, the pronunciations of these names vary wildly from person to person. I pronounce them about that way, too, but I don't think I've ever said either of those names out loud, now that I'm thinking about it. And then, um, the first exciting aspect of the summit happens when Finton basically just shows up at the gates, and he's like, let me in, because I guess his reasoning is that he's the leader of the Never Scene, so technically... He's a world leader, so he should be allowed in, which is like, like the, I guess, shrugging. I feel like, I mean, I feel like that's, I don't know, sort of that weird, like, listen to both sides mentality that never actually works as it's planned. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to, like, get political outside of the context of this series, but yeah, I no, I I completely agree. It's like maybe we should consider like 
not listening to the literal murderers. This is just um, uh, just putting that out there, elves, in your questionable decision making. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it was. I mean, we do obviously see from like what happens later that it was a very poor decision to um let Fenton in. You know, just a bit. But like also. <laughs> But, like, yeah, I also just agree with that, like, as a concept that, I mean, in this case, by, like, letting, by letting in Fintan and by letting him sort of say his piece, you're just inviting in all these really, you're just legitimizing and inviting in all these really harmful ideas that, you know, follow what Fintan is saying and don't really belong in, like, a diplomatic debate situation, like, the peace summit was supposed to be okay and there is so much more that happens before the end of this yeah section it's it's chaotic it yeah <laughs> there's um a lot goes down so keep is leaving the never scene so yes um keith is finally finally taking sophie's advice yeah it only took him a whole book. Literally. I was actually just thinking this morning, like, I realized, wait, oh my god, Keith and Sophie have never been physically in the same place. Like, or have almost never, except for, like, three short points in the book, I think. So, like, they're almost entirely separate. Oh, you're talking about Lodestar. I thought you were talking about the whole series. And I'm like, I'm oh, sure no. that's not right. <laughs> no, I not the whole series. I have a bad memory of the books, but I'm pretty sure they've been in the same place more than three times. Yeah, I meant, I meant just in Lodestar, but, like, it's, I don't know, it's so weird to think, like, because Keith was such an important part of this book, and yet, off the page, or, like, I don't know what the literary equivalent of off-screen is, but he's not really there for most of it. Yeah. I do need to point something out that is obviously incredibly important and crucial to the plot, which is that Fintan says, sorry, I'm late. The security here is murder. Fintan made a Dedrick joke. I, he really did make a Dedrick joke, huh? Uh. <laughs> Too soon, Fintan. This is like the only Dedrick joke made in canon. <laughs> that yeah. one, yeah, that one, like, Keith almost accidentally says he wanted, he, like, because after the whole Bronte thing, he's like, next time you almost kill a counselor, can I be there? And then at the plant, at the plant, he was like, I told you I wanted to be, wait, no, I can't actually joke about this, because someone's literally dead. <laughs> it's like, ah, uh, you're right, though, I can't believe Fintan actually made, like, like, an actual pun about it. Yeah, this is my, pun-making villains are my favorite thing. <laughs> Okay, then Benton kind of goes on a ramble about humans. Yeah, and this is where uh things get kind of hmm. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the problem is humans because humans are violent or something. And like the thing about this sort of rant slash speech that he gave was that like I felt like multiple times he got just so tantalizingly close to actually making a decent point, and then he just immediately pivoted and said something totally awful. Yeah. Like, um, 
like there's this part where he was actually criticizing the council where he was like we're all talking about freedom and equality but demand authority and superiority over other species which is like yes that's true and then he says but we should be doing that because we're better on every level and that is um hmm that is more untrue it's just sort of like you're so close there to being to making like an actually valid point and then you did your weird like yeah elves are better than everyone I mean, when it comes to that, the council and the Never Seen have the same ideals, kind of. But the thing is that the Never I mean, that the council aren't saying it out loud. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah, Finton presents his idea, right, for like a human sanctuary where basically they like stop letting humans have freedom. I don't actually remember what people's reactions to this were but i'm pretty sure that most of them were like um dude that's like not a good idea uh, yeah keep actually made it out which is hmm. oh yeah and then not quite sure how to pronounce this one mm. dimitar we're gonna go with dimitar uh i've pronounced it dimitar yeah okay yeah uh decides to like recede from the intelligent species yeah so he wants to basically just, like, break off the ogre cities from everyone else and just, like, live in isolation, because I think it's because he's just like, you guys destroyed my capital city, you haven't really helped us, so he's like, I just kind of want to be left alone. And then the stuff begins, oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> Turns out the Never Seen have been planning this the whole time. So the prisoners in the Luminaria prison, I think that's, at this point, that's Gethin, Roy, and Brant. Um, yeah. So they've been, like, building up their mental reserves in there um, to be able to outward channel. And that way destroy the Luminaria castle. And they do that. Yep. They do do that. So, yeah, that happens. I'm not really sure what to say about that. Like, they knocked down a castle. That's kind of all I got. Yeah, I, I don't really know what to say other than, like, that is a thing that happened, and it was very important, and, like, it was good. I I really enjoyed it. I'm sorry, I like zoned out for a second. Did you just say you really enjoyed the castle being knocked down? Okay, well I didn't enjoy it from like a, oh no, people are getting hurt and dying standpoint. I enjoyed it from like, I liked, to, I liked reading it because I thought it was fun. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I'm sorry. Just, I understand what you're saying, but the way you're wording it, like, I liked reading about the castle falling down and, like, injuring and killing people. I thought it was fun. Yeah, no, I more meant it as, like, a, I don't, yeah, I don't know what to say. Yeah, so Keith somehow does make it to, to the castle, despite the security and all that. I'm not really gonna, like, ask how he does that, because... I'm willing to suspend my disbelief for the Sophie and Keefe reunion at the end here. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, I didn't take a ton of notes for when the castle was, like, in the process of falling, because it was mostly, like, 
them just running and trying to find safety. Yeah, that that wasn't like, I mean, it was interesting, but there's not all that much like analysis you can do. So they go to find Orly, and they find Orly with a dying Forkman. Forkman the first. One of the two Forkmen. Yeah, here's the birthplace of Forkman. There's no need to feel down. I said Forkman, lying down on the ground. ground. I wasn't, like, even around for that meme, but I know it, (laughs) because... I'm glad it's gone down in history. There are certain things you just, like, absorb. (laughs) Oh, and Brant is dead. So that's a thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Brant... Brant's head got crushed. Yeah. I... This is another of those descriptions where Aurelie's like, his skull was crushed completely, gray matter everywhere. That's so weird. I know, I don't like that. Like, did she just, like, see that? I just... That's just... Ew, no thank you. Wait, did Aurelie actually say that? Like, quote, gray matter everywhere? She did, she said that. It's like, why would you say that? I feel like just saying his head was crushed would be, like, enough. Yeah, why did she have to, like, add on the extra description? No one needed that, Aurelie. Thank you. Oh, and uh, one of the things is that I'm gonna say Gethin. That's how I'm pronouncing this. Uh, is he? He did actually get the blade out, and he stabbed Porkman with the blade. The yeah, so sad. Which I think is kind of interesting because it was supposed to be like a metaphor for their powerlessness, and then he actually used it to kill someone. Right. It just goes to show, like how, um sort of how overconfident like the elves were because they were like yeah we're gonna put a literal sword in the prison of a dangerous criminal just to like show that they're not able to use it anymore and then like oh oops they ended up being able to use it (sighs) uh yeah poor fork man yeah poor fork man and poor other fork man this was actually really sad because like they had basically shared a life for yeah their entire lives like hundreds of years and then one of them died like can you imagine how that would be i'm still kind of confused about the whole fork man situation but that would just be yeah just imagining like if you were so closely connected with someone for so long like you've literally you were literally the same person (laughs) yeah like Uh... and also they've just been together since like since the time of norse mythology like it's been so many years, and then all of a sudden, one of them is just gone. I also, I'm sorry, I just kind of want to point out an interesting line, which is, change was definitely a theme in the elven world. Which is kind of interesting, because it sort of feels like one of the things with the elves is that they like to keep traditions and keep things the same, but since Sophie's come to the elven world, everything is just sort of up in the air all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. That, like... There's this society that's just so, like, resistant to change, kind of. And then Sophie's here to, well, I guess that's, like, the point. That's why Sophie was created, right? To, like, bring in an outside perspective and shake things up and challenge what the elves think. Okay, I'm normally not one to, like, bring up shit moments, but I feel like this kind of has to be, like, addressed. So there was kind of an almost kiss there. I I do find it a little, as someone who especially after Legacy is not a big fan of the ship, that, it, that the almost kiss was on page 666. <laughs> Wait, that's so funny. 
I, yeah, I, I used to be much more on board with Sofits, and I remember being really excited about that Almost Kiss when Lodestar came out, but, like, like you said, after Legacy, I, my feelings toward it are much more mixed. Yeah, it's sort of hard to see it in a good light after everything that went down. I mean, this is not against anyone who still ships it. Like, I am not gonna get into a ship war with anyone. Just what you ship, you ship, unless it's, like, really bad for a few reasons. That I have, like, some no-goes, but otherwise I'm like, you know what? We can have different opinions on things, and that's fine. But, like, for me, it's especially after Legacy has gone, like, a lot downhill. But that's not what we're here to talk about. Actually, anything in this series is what we're here to talk about. I don't know. I'm so tired and I'm rambling. (laughs) I feel you. (laughs) I have. My brain has just, like, lost functionality after this hell week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, same. Oh, yesterday was so stressful. Uh, yeah, I just don't want to think about it, which is, I guess, why I'm here talking about a children's book. So Sophie's family is missing. Yeah, so, yeah, so Keith was kind of right when he said Sophie's family was in danger, because it was not Grady Nudley, and it was her human family, and now they've been kidnapped, and everything is terrible. And cue cliffhanger. Yes, cue cliffhanger. Amy! Amy's there. I love Amy. Amy's so great, honestly. I just, like, want more Amy content. When Amy was in Legacy, I was... Wait, was it Legacy or (laughs) Flashback? All the... Every book since, like, Nightfall kind of blurs together for me. Because Nightfall was, like, the first book I waited for. So (laughs) my memories of those are, like, kind of foggy. But anyways, at some point in, like, I think it was Legacy, we got more Amy content. And I was like, my girl! My girl's here! She's my daughter. Yeah, I think it was in Legacy, we got, like, a full scene where, um, where they were, like, they were giving back her memory, right? Yeah. So that was really fun. I mean, not, like, because it was a painful memory, so it wasn't fun for them, but, like, it was fun to read again. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing more fun than collapsing buildings and children torturing each other i can tell why this series is really is rated 8 to 12 (laughs) yeah it's like man i i think for legacy the age rate like the age range got raised a little bit but like even at this point in lodestar i feel like it's gotten higher than 8 to 12 like it or it should be yeah definitely i mean like if you're like if you're a mature eight-year-old maybe but like for most eight-year-olds i can't really imagine like reading all that stuff about like mr forkle's death and the gray matter everywhere and like yeah even in the first book when like two children got drugged and kidnapped and like tortured like that is really dark for eight-year-olds i mean like okay not to be that person who's like oh no you're so young but um Sometimes I do see, like, kids who are, like, 8 or 10 or something reading Keeper, and I'm just like, oh my god, are you sure? Yeah, I have friends who read it in, like, elementary school, I'm like, but it's so dark! So I think that was, was that the whole book? That was the whole book. That, wow. Lone Star was a wild ride. 
it really was. It was wild. I don't I guess well, I guess since we've we've talked about the whole thing, which is uh weird to think about. Cause like I mean now if there's eight books, if there'll be nine, well eight point five soon, then we've covered more than half of what is currently out. And I don't Lodestar sort of feels like this weird like line i guess in the series because that's where i that's like all the books up until then were out when i first started reading that um keeper and nightfall was the first book i have to wait i had to wait for so i sometimes kind of forget all the other books exist (laughs) yeah no that makes sense like i um i'm i'm similar for me lodestar was the first book i had to wait for so for me, like, it kind of feels like it's on the other side of that line, um, where I have, like, different memories associated with it. Yeah, because, like, for the first five books, I was just sort of binge reading, and then I actually had to wait. So then, yeah, I think that's about it. And this is, there's, and there isn't going to be a bonus episode for Lodestar because, um, well, because Unlocked is coming out in two weeks, which is like Q screaming. That is so crazy. I can't believe it's already two weeks. Like in my head, it's still months. It really, it really snuck up on us. Like it just—it's so weird that it's, it's November so now. Weird. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, like in in my head, I still feel like it's March. Yeah, my brain just sort of like stopped as soon as quarantine hit. Yeah, same. Yeah, this is uh this is our last this is our last episode before we get into some of the unlocked release stuff. So we'll be back next week to talk about unlocked related things and our expectations and stuff like that. Moving on to sharing our social media, you can find us at Keepercast on Tumblr and the Keepercast on Instagram, and you can also find me at Malamelting on Tumblr and Instagram. Uh, you can find me at Clawney underscore Clue on Instagram and at Sewer 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 Couch on Tumblr. I almost just said Mellow Melty. <laughs> it's been a long week. <laughs> we upload on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Pacific time. And like I said before, our next week we will be talking about Unlocked Theories and Expectations. So we'll see you then. This has been KeeperCast. See you next week.